Welcome to Phillies Talk, the independent podcast from FightinPhillies.com, featuring news and views about Phillies baseball. Now, here's Rich Baxter and Mr. Matt Vizi talking Phillies baseball. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Phillies Talk podcast for June 6th, 2021. And hello to my co-host and friend, Mr. Matt Vizi. How are you, Matt? Hey, Rich. Good. How are you this afternoon? Not bad. I was listening to the Phillies on the uh, on the way out for a little dessert for later, but uh Vince Velasquez having some uh, control issues this afternoon. Yeah, he started out good, but, you know, Vince seems to be, you know, we're afraid of this, you know, reverting a little bit to the, to the old Vince. Uh, they're down three to nothing. Now he's allowed two runs here in the fourth inning. So it's three to nothing Washington in the top of the fourth at the moment. Yeah. And it's, um, as you said, the old Vince and, Every time I see the old Vince and the old uh, Zach, I start to wonder to myself, why do the Phillies keep carrying these two guys for the past several years? Because we we know what we can expect from them at some point in the year. as, And that's usually what we're getting, this, you know, turn to the bad type of pitcher. Just wondering why the Phillies just can't seem to be better with their scouting of pitching. Why can't they move these guys somewhere else and bring us a starter that we could depend on? Good question, Rich. Um, Velasquez is, I think, a, a different story than Eflin. Uh, personally, I'm a, I'm a Zach Eflin fan, although he's no ace. You know, he's never going to be a top of the rotation type starter. But I think Zach Eflin can be a effective starting pitcher on the back end of the rotation for a contending ball club. He's uh, got phenomenal control. Um, just it, it's represented by his 68 to eight uh, strikeout to walk ratio this year over 68 innings pitched. But, uh, you know, his ERA is a little up at 4.10, but that's, you know, pretty much in line with Major League Baseball, you know, starting pitchers, the average starting pitcher, you know, ERA. Um, so I don't really have a problem with Eflin. Uh, I think he's he's been a nice pitcher for them, actually. Uh, he's what you expect from him. But Vince Velasquez, uh, he's had a, he had a really phenomenal start to the season for the team, but like you said, we, we know what he's done over a long period of time now. And it was almost like we were like a time ticking time bomb. Like we were waiting for something to go off and <laughs> hasn't done, you know, uh, his last couple starts, you know, seemed to be reverting to that, you know, that time bomb, like uh, seems to be ticking louder. Like it might be ready to go off. Uh, we only got, um, Give up six earned runs over three innings pitched at Cincinnati. Now, you might almost write that off because in his previous five starts, he had or five appearances because there was a relief appearance in there. He had only allowed three earned runs total over about something like 25 innings pitched. So you can almost write off the Cincinnati game as a blip, you know, uh, that's a tough ballpark at times. It's a hitter's ballpark out there in Cincinnati, great American ballpark. So you could say, all right, uh, you know, he's pitched so well, we'll give him this, you know, one flub and hopefully he bounces back good next time. But 
so far today, over four innings, he's allowed four hits. He's walked a batter. Uh, he's got four strikeouts, but he's thrown 80 pitches over those four innings, and that's just not going to cut it. Uh, so, you know, hopefully, again, he's not, you know, wilting and uh, reverting to what we consider the old Vince. Yeah, and uh, if you're looking at our, our YouTube feed, I have some stats up on the screen. And, um, you know, that's when the Philly, for, Phillies first got him, he – he was doing pretty good. Uh, eight and six is first year, uh, 24 years old. Then the next year he reverts back to, to bad Vince two and seven with a five thirteen. fast forward to 2018. He's nine and 12 with a four eighty five. So that that's your bad Vince, you know, coming through there. And it, Overall, with the Phillies now six years, I think the Phillies have been very patient with Velasquez. And it's just one of those things where you, you know, you want him to succeed, and he certainly seems like he can, but then he starts to falter for whatever reason. I know it's hot up there today. It's what about 95 in the Philadelphia area, 93, somewhere around there. But I just, I don't know. I don't understand why the Phillies stay with him year after year. He's not producing very great results for them. I know everybody's not going to be an Aaron Nola or a Zach Wheeler, uh, pitchers like that, but I don't know. I just think he's had his, his chance to prove himself. And I'm reading an article earlier today about the uh, Tampa Bay Rays or Devil Rays, whatever they're calling themselves these days. And they dealt two of their top pitching prospects in the offseason to other teams reloaded from other pitchers that they have. And they're they're sitting in first place in the AL East. So it can be done. But I, I wonder, is it the Phillies, <coughs> excuse me, management? Is it the is it somebody within the organization that's just not scouting pitchers? Well, I'm, I'm just really wondering what it is and the the club has made changes i mean they've made changes in that management structure there have been different general managers diff different club presidents different uh scouting directors you know different uh player development personnel in play and they just it seems like no matter who they get in they they get stuck into the same rut of getting married you know to players and prospects and uh, you see, I don't know that they're afraid to make the bold move. I think that they, for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, other teams don't like what they have or they have bad salespeople running their management team, they're just unable to pull off their really, really bold, uh, uh, positive result trades. So, I mean, you know, the JT Real Muto trade was a bold trade uh, that Matt Klintak made. And you saw what was going on there. I mean, they were trying to get Harper here and bringing in a player like Real Muto after they had already bought in McCutcheon and Segura. I think it was part of a package where they were, will, they were willing to give up their top pitching prospect, one of the top pitching prospects in baseball in Sixto Sanchez in order to bring in JT Real Muto. And they did it. They rolled the dice because they knew they were going to have to, at some point for the deal to be worthwhile, they were going to have to be able to extend them, and that was going to be expensive. 
So uh, that was a bold move, and, and I have to give Matt Clontack that one. Uh, but there haven't been many of those over the years, and uh, at least over the last decade. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that's why Dombrowski was brought in here. Dombrowski was brought in here because he has a history of not being afraid to make the bold move with a, a team that's on the outskirts of, the, of contention to push him over the top. He's not afraid to move high-level prospects and younger players in order to bring in, you know, those kind of veterans. And there's a lot of teams who are contending right now, Rich, which I think, and by contending, I mean postseason contending. They're in the they're in contention for a postseason berth still. It's early. So you're not going to see a lot of teams making big moves at this point when they feel like they can contend. Uh, that will loosen up. Uh, a month from now, six weeks from now that'll definitely be loosening up uh, we're approaching the trade deadline and uh, teams are going to you know sort themselves out in the standings a little bit more i would guess but uh, the phillies could use a couple of really bold moves that result in that that, that bring positive results you know to their everyday lineup and to their rotation at this point and uh, it's a, it's kind of a wait and see, you know, but I think that we, you know, what the team would like and we would all like is, you know, we see that that's a possibility out there, but before that happens, you would like the team to be contending. You would like the team to be, you know, you know like I saw one of the, uh, somebody post yesterday, one of the uh, local writers post that they were in second place. Can't believe that the Phillies are in second place with all their struggles. Who cares that the Phillies are in second place? That really means nothing in these standings. National League East is, at least uh, win-loss record-wise, the worst uh, division in baseball this year. Um, the Mets, if they weren't so banged up, and they have been banged up, they might be running away with this thing at this point. Um, so the, you know, the Phillies are kind of fortunate to be where they are battling for second place. Now they're half game behind the Braves, but uh, you got to look at the loss column. They got 30 losses. The Mets only have 23. They're seven games back in the loss column. And as far as the wild card race goes, the two NL wild card teams right now are the Padres and the Dodgers. Well, those are two of the best teams in baseball. They're the National League wild cards right now. The Phillies are of six games back of them in the loss column. We can't even talk about postseason. We can't talk about deals that are going to make this a playoff team until this team really turns it around. And by turns it around, I mean pushes above the 500 mark and stays there for a period of time. They need – We talk, I think we talked about this last week, our last podcast together. Uh, they need that lengthy stretch. They need to win those, you know, 12 out of 15, you know, 15 out of 20. They need that kind of stretch that will push them, you know, those six, seven, eight, nine games above 500 and then we can start we're in july we can start talking about making trades that'll make the difference for the postseason but uh right now you know it's it's, it's just not happening and it looks like this afternoon same old story no offense at all they're getting shut out and one hit i mean they've got one hit into the fourth inning so 
we'll see what happens the rest of the day. But uh, they're trying to win a series here against, you know, a Washington ball club that's been struggling all year. There's seven games below 500 themselves. And if the Phillies don't get this turned around today, they're going to lose a series to that team. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of, I feel like kind of a woe is me situation with the Phillies right now, but that's what they're, that's what they've given us so far. Yeah. And in that previous shot, just to mention it, uh, Vince Velasquez compared at this age with none other than Zach Eflin. So, you know, they're, they're both <laughs> running neck and neck with one another uh, as far as success with, with being a starting pitcher, maybe the time is to move them to the bullpen. Uh, I don't know, but we're, we're looking at a schedule here on, on our uh, YouTube broadcast here. And as you said, Phillies would just like to win a series string, a two game winning streak together. Maybe is it too much to ask Phillies? Um, we have the Braves coming in, then Yankees coming in, as you mentioned, and then they go out to, you know, no man's land, the West coast, you know, they're playing the best two teams in baseball. So this is a pivotal month for this team. Can they prove themselves? It's early yet in the month. Have they got it in them to um, to show themselves a better team? And I think they should. Um, maybe with with some personnel changes, they can do it. I don't know. The Mets are shuffling people in and out like a deck of cards, and they're finding ways to win ball games. Of course, they have Jacob Degrom and uh, you know some other help there. But I don't know. The Phillies uh, hanging tough, so to speak still in the hunt as they call it and um you know we just opened up for full fans participation attendance if you want to call it that at the game and we had what fourteen thousand the one game and something like fifteen thousand the next thereabouts so phillies are you know we're still in this pandemic but they're drawing fans at least they're not drawing many fans, Rich. You know, they're they're drawing uh, 14, 15, 18,000. That's nothing. I mean, that that's losing. That's what that's really what they deserve. I mean, they're drawing losing ball club crowd sizes. Now, it's only been two games. This is the third game. This is a Sunday. I've seen some shots down at the ballpark. It doesn't look very full today. Uh, they used to be able to count on Sunday afternoon games is where they would really jack up. They would have a giveaway. Uh, usually they would, people would bring their kids out to the games on the, on the Sunday. It was a day game. I used to have Sunday day game tickets. So I knew they, they used to bring them in, uh, you know, easily 30 some thousand fans, if not more, if they were a winning club. Uh, so they're still struggling and, they're going to struggle to attract fans. Uh, you're still battling that COVID mentality. A lot of there are still a lot of people who are afraid to go out into crowds, or they've yeah. they've moved their lifestyle into other uh, things. And and you also have the Sixers are playing in the playoffs today, so there are people who are they're not going to go out to the ballpark because they're watching that game. Unfortunately for the Sixers fans, because the Sixers at home and their playoff opener are getting their doors blown off right now. But uh, that's 
you know, there's competition. I mean, summertime doesn't necessarily mean we're going to all go out to the ballpark. You have to draw us out there. And this team is doing nothing, nothing to draw us out to the ballpark. You mentioned the idea of, you know, can this team win two games in a row? Um, we talked to them, we were, you know, it's here we are a week later, or however long it was since our last uh, conversation, but we were mentioning how long it had been since the Phillies even won two games in a row. The last time that the Phillies won two games in a row was May 11th and 12th in Washington. So, you know, this is June 6th. So we're going on close to a month uh, since the Phillies won two games in a row, let alone put together some kind of stretch, you know, where they're going to become a contender. So uh, like you said, they can we get two wins in a row out of them? Well, you know, do they, do they, are they going to do that today? Uh, they're going to, it looks like they're trying to battle back here. Uh, they scored a couple of runs in the bottom of the fourth. They got it to three to two. Uh, Looks like uh, Andrew McCutcheon knocked in a uh, run and uh, Brad Miller walked uh, to score a run. So we, we got some different things going on here. Alec Bohm's up with runners on base, bases loaded. So uh, we could really use a big hit from Alec Bohm. Uh, and the Phillies could really use some big hits, period, from the young third baseman. Uh, fantastic player, in my in my opinion. But he's hitting just 212. With a 255 on base percentage, only slugging 305, uh, that's not the ball player he's capable of being. So they really need him to turn it on. And, uh, you know, they got Bryce Harper back in the lineup last night. So hopefully that'll help. But uh, like you said, right now, we got to we gotta win ball games. You got to win two in a row. Uh, then we can talk about winning three in a row. That, we call that a winning streak, you know, as we talked about before. So... They, they need to go for wins. Win, win, win. Just win, baby. Al Davis, you know. Yeah, as the Mets are finding ways to win, the Phillies have to almost look to them and see how they're winning ball games, And they're probably winning them with their offense. But uh, we're, we're coming up on voting time here for um, some MLB All-Stars. And I happen to look at this before we started the show here and on first base, if we scroll through um, the, the entrance here, Jesus Aguilar probably is your favorite. There's his numbers, 12 home runs, 43 ribbies, 813 OPS. Scroll down a little bit on this. And I remember the paper ballots. I like them better. But we're going to look at Reese Hoskins here. 12 home runs. He's batting 268 with 35 ribbies, 840 OPS. We'll scroll down a little bit more. Max Muncy doing pretty well. 13 homers, 30 ribbies, 955 OPS. My point being, is Hoskins a true contender for um, an all-star berth here? Well, I, I've submitted ballots this year and I vote for Reese and he is certainly, as you say, just by the numbers, which pointed out, uh, and we, we've seen Reese come through for the Phillies many times so far this year. So I've had no problem voting for Reese as a National League All-Star starting first baseman. 
I just don't see it happening. Uh, it, the all-star voting is generally uh, in many regards, unless somebody's really having a standout season that you can't ignore all-star bowling becomes repetitive with fans. It's an, it's a, it's often a popularity contest. I would imagine you're going to see people like Freddie Freeman, uh, Joey Votto, you know, they're going to get high numbers of votes. Uh, you're going to get a guy from like uh, Pete Alonzo from New York is going to get a lot of the New York votes. You're going to get guys who've had uh, big careers like Goldschmidt, you know, you're going to get guys like him. And uh, even out in San Diego, uh, they're having a big year. And Eric Hosmer is a big player for them. And uh, a guy like Aguilar, whose stats probably say he he maybe he should be starting or, or should definitely be considered a strong consideration. He's, I just don't think he's going to get the votes uh, to back up his stats. So. Uh, Reese, you know, it often comes down to maybe we can look at their schedule, the Philly schedule. It often comes down to like, well, it used to come down to how many home games did you have? Because uh, in some regards, because the more home games you had, the more ballots were getting turned in at the ballpark in your favor. But uh, voting's online these days for the most part. So really, uh, you know. I'm thinking my thinking's wrong there. Uh, home home field doesn't really matter. All the voting being done online. So uh, I think Reese, you know, we got a long way to go to the all-star game. I don't think you're going to see Reese Hoskins win the vote as the starting first baseman for the national league. He just doesn't have that rep among the overall major league baseball fan base. Uh, Will he be named as an extra? That all depends on how does he keep hitting, you know, really well over the next six weeks. Um, what are the needs of the National League All-Star team? Do the Phillies have any other players? How many players are the Phillies going to get with a losing team? How will the team be playing at the time? You have other guys like uh, Zach Wheeler, who certainly deserves to be a National League All-Star at this point. The All-Star manager may say, hey, the Phillies aren't you know, doing that good. Uh, we could always use another arm. You know, We're going to take Wheeler, and that's it. That may be it for the Phillies. Uh, there are other, there are other players, Gene Segura, certainly, uh, if you look at the statistics for National League second baseman, same thing you did with, uh, Reese Hoskins, Segura certainly deserves consideration, if not, not to be the favorite right now, statistically, you yeah. look at, uh, Bryce Harper, you know, is always, he always has a wide, uh, uh, popularity among the fan base in major league baseball. Uh, even though some fans consider him a villain, uh, Bryce is very popular still. He has a chance to be an all-star. His numbers are, are still good, but he would need to have a big June. Uh, he's he's missed you know uh, some time with injury now. If he comes back and has a big June, he'll put himself in the in the conversation. I don't think he's there right now, only because of time he missed and the way the team's doing. And the same thing with JT Romuto. Uh, everybody knows he's you know, one of the top, you know, one or two catchers in all of the National League. Maybe, you know, maybe there's an argument to be made that he's the best all-around catcher in baseball. But, you know, as far as the numbers go, there are some other guys who are doing really well this year. You're looking at young Will Smith with the Dodgers. And, uh, you know, Yadi Molina is going to always get that 
that vote Midwest. you know from from the fans because he's so popular and he's been around forever and he and he's playing well too so yeah and then you have you know, real muto buster and then posey. buster posey's another guy and he's having a big year buster posey and the giants are having a big year so uh real muto is a guy like bryce who would, can put himself in the conversation but he needs a big june to do so yeah buster posey not uh not a youngster anymore either I- not quite sure how old he is, but he's definitely <laughs> been around for a while um, on that. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if many Phillies make it, if any Phillies make it. Uh, they have some contenders, you know, it's just a question of, we still have time, you know, so I don't think you're going to look at any of our guys to be winning the vote to start in the all-star game, but um, will more than one Philly get selected? That's up to how well the team performs and these individual players perform over the next, you know, four five, six weeks. Uh, Right now, if you had to pin me down right now, I would say Zach Wheeler is the Phillies lone all-star, but, you know, there's a chance, you know, somebody else could sneak in there. You know, maybe they need an infielder and Segura keeps hitting well and they decide to make him an all-star as well. Uh, Hoskins, Real Muto, Harper, you know, they're all guys who have that kind of talent. Uh, maybe Aaron Nola, you know, turns it on and turns it around. And, uh, you know, he could have as big a, a June as Wheeler had a May. So, you know, they at least have a half dozen, you know, players who are all-star caliber players, at least. Uh, it's just a question of production at this point. And just like you said, the Phillies just took the lead four to three. They... <laughs> Hustling back here, bottom of the fourth, still had the bases bombed. So, brand new ball game. <laughs> yeah, Alec Bohm, uh, we had him up there with the bases loaded. He drew a bases loaded walk to get the tie. And then uh, Ronald Torres uh, hit him hit into a fielder's choice where uh, we ended up getting uh, Andrew McCutcheon scoring to put the Phillies ahead. So, uh, right now they got still have the bases loaded with one out in the bottom of the fourth and Matt Joyce is up. So um, four to three Phillies bottom of the fourth, they put a four spot up and uh, you know, all of a sudden it turned around. So let's, let's hope that continues. Very interesting. We'll keep our eyes on it for sure. And uh, another interesting thing around baseball in the past uh, couple days, anyway, it's been announced that the Phillies, giving out that COVID-19 vaccination at the stadium. Um, you're going to receive, now get this, a free one-shot Johnson & Johnson. Does anybody want the Johnson & Johnson after the, the bad news it was involved in? I don't know, but. I mean, you know, do. if I had my druthers at this point, I'd take it. Uh, I'd rather have one shot than two. I think it's, All right. uh, that's always the, the thing. Uh they, you know, they've pretty much straightened out, and I've done a lot of reading on this as to some of the reasons why some people might have had an issue with the J&J shot. Uh, it looks like it's safe, so you know, I would have no problem at this point myself or my family members you know, taking the J&J and getting it over with with one shot. So uh, it's an opportunity if there's anybody who has not been vaccinated at this point, you have a chance. You know, if you, you can see a ball game. And you can get your shot in uh, all in one shot. So all in one shot. So uh, certainly if I wasn't vaccinated yet, I'm a big Phillies fan. I would seriously have to think about it. You know, go down there, uh, watch them against the Braves one night. So it's a, it's a good 
uh, uh, opponent, divisional opponent, see? And, you know, there'll be, it's not like you can just walk in and get a shot. And there, there are going to be opportunities to ask questions there. You can get information about the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, and you get uh, two free tickets to select Phillies game, as well as concession credits and a giveaway. So they're giving you something, you know, as a, as an incentive, you know, to take your shot. So, uh, and you're seeing this more and more because so many people have already been vaccinated uh, I've been fully vaccinated myself for almost two months now, and you're down to the percentage of people who are not vaccinated that you're starting to see a lot of entities, um, businesses like the Phillies, um, uh, municipalities, you know, offering incentives for people, the people who are left, uh, who haven't gotten the vaccines to get them. Uh, discounts and f offers of free things and restaurant gift certificates and stuff like that. So uh, if you haven't gotten your shot yet, you might want to look around, <laughs> see maybe what, you know, hey, you know, you want me to get my shot? Yeah, give me your deal. What's your best deal? Get the and best I'll go benefit. Get the shot. <laughs> yeah. Give me your but best I'll tell shot. You what, free Phillies game, you know, is good for me. Uh, free Phillies game, some concessions, a nice night at the ballpark with the Braves. I'll, I'll take the J and J. And then over in, one, over in one dose, I don't have to worry about getting another shot three or four weeks from now. So uh, I, th I would have to seriously consider it, Rich. I think it's a good thing Phillies are doing. And it's actually all Major League Baseball. Uh, all 30 teams during the month of June are offering – they're they're picking out a homestand and they're offering during that during a series during June. Same thing the Phillies are offering at Citizens Bank Park next week uh, against Atlanta. Pretty cool. So yeah, shop around, <laughs> get your best deal. Um, as Matt said, he had the two shot. I have my first one already scheduled for the second in about twelve days. So. You know. We're still living, Rich. Look at us. We're still alive. You know, these now, people are worried up, poison, putting poison into your system. You're an experiment. You're a lab rat. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd rather be a lab rat than to be dead from COVID, you know. Now I'm not gonna um, lie. It did kind of kick me. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fib. I, I had some chills, some after effects from it, but I kind of expected it, to be honest with you. So after the second yeah, I didn't one. have any problems, but my wife did have uh, after her second shot, the day after her second shot, it hit her and she was down, you know, cold flu symptoms for most of the day uh, and they passed. But she did have that reaction for the, the day after the second shot. Myself, I didn't have any reaction other than sore arm. I did have the sore right. arm. Uh, the first shot actually weird experience the girl who gave me my first shot uh she gave me the shot and i was like did you just did you give me a shot i didn't even feel it rich yeah hours later i started to feel it yeah. and when i went to bed for the next three or four nights i couldn't lay on that side it was really sore uh yeah. i didn't have a mark or nothing just really sore the second shot that's what i was worried about and when i got the second shot I felt it. I mean, the girl gave me the shot. I don't know if it's a bigger needle or she just was not as good as the first girl. Yeah. I felt it. I was, and I don't, I don't have a problem with needles. I get the flu shot every year and here I get this shot and I'm like, ah, man, geez, I did feel that. That's... And then nothing. I didn't have any sore arm after that, that night or after it was like that. 
weird. Didn't feel the first shot, ended up with a sore arm. Felt the second shot, had nothing. So that's cool. That's why I, I schedule my shot locally at a pharmacy. Um, hopefully I'll get the same person because I thought she did a wonderful job. Uh, me and a buddy went a third fiddle was supposed to be among us. He chickened out, um, an ex army ranger chickening out. Now I'm not going to say <laughs> who he is, hey, but you know, all I can say, Rich is, uh, you know, it's just from my personal experience, you know, uh, and every, uh, and I have got done my, I'm sure many people have, but I'm well read on the vaccines. I really have read a lot over the, over the months leading up to it. And my wife and I had no qualms about going down and getting vaccinated. Um, you know, my grandchildren, my children have been vaccinated, you know, at this point, uh, many of our family members, most of our friends have been vaccinated at this point. And I, we, I don't hear of anybody with problems. So I would really, anybody who's on the fence and they haven't been yeah. vaccinated yet, I would highly recommend that you get over your fear and just get it done. And hey, if yeah. you're bothering to listen to us or watch us on this podcast, that means you're a Phillies fan. So here you go. There's a great chance next week the Phillies go down to one of these games against the Braves. Uh, I think it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, or is it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? I know they're off twice this week. I think it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They play the Braves. They're off on Monday. Go yeah. down to the ballpark one of these nights and bring your ID with you and get yourself vaccinated. Uh, one shot, it's over with, and you get to enjoy a night out at the Phillies game. Yeah, I think it's a fabulous idea for anybody still on the fence out there. And, um, I went to the pharmacy with a friend and I wanted army style and, and the girl, I didn't even have to ask the girl and she boom, boom, you know, took care of us within 10 minutes. We had a 15 minute wait afterwards and then we were on our way. So it's a no big deal. As Matt said, he didn't even feel it. I didn't hardly feel it either. It was, you know, Did you say army style. It's <laughs> well, army style. I don't know. Close to it. I guess. What is that? What is army style? Well, you know, you don't call one back and then you give them the shot. You you call both back at the same ah, time and take care of them. I got you. With, I was never in the army, delay. so uh, now I know. All right. Without delay. Okay. And uh, I guess this is a good segue there, Rich. Uh, when you're mentioning army style, to remember uh, what today is. 77 yeah. years ago today was D-Day. Um, one of the most important important days in not just the United States, but modern world history, completely turned the tide of World War II in the Allies' favor. And, you know, uh, thank God for, for the sacrifices of the greatest generation. And uh, we, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't remember all those who thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people who gave their lives on that day to uh, help make the world free. So, God bless America. You know, it's something that we should always remember. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of think back to those days, um, the history of it, the, the massiveness of it, the uh, insanity of it, if you want to call it that with uh, a world at war, so to speak. And, you know, we came out on top. You, you can't change that history. <laughs> That's one no, history and you can't change. 
And, and, and it's something that, you, you know, you, you can't forget. You can't forget that uh, you can't just think that all these other that people are benevolent, you know, and that nobody is ever going to try this again. Um, the United States has always been, um, I'm going to get up, get up on my red, white, and blue soapbox, but the United States has always been that, you know, supposed to be that shining, you know, city on the hill. Uh, that's the ideal anyway. And we've had some of our problems over the years, over the decades, over the centuries ourselves, but uh, in general, we have been that. And we can't forget it. There's uh, there are a lot of people in our country right now who'd like us to think that we may be bad, that we're a bad country, and that's not true. So, uh, again, like I said, God bless America, and uh, God bless those people who made that sacrifice. And we still have some of them. You know, some of that greatest generation, some of those World War II veterans are still with us today. Amazingly, yeah. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad when we have an opportunity, when I see it on the news that we've had an opportunity to honor them. My own uh, father-in-law, my wife's father, just passed away uh, three years ago. And Bob, uh, Bob Marshall was his name. And he fought in the Pacific during World War Two, just left us three years ago. So uh, U.S. Marine, my father was a U.S. Marine, not during those years, but uh, my wife's father was in World War Two. So great, uh, you know, great uh, family service. And let's uh, let, let's again keep them in mind today. Uh, all those who sacrificed. Yeah, it's a momentous day here. And um, we're going to invite you also to stop by our Patreon site. If you want to uh, put a little jingle into the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash Phillies. There you can see um, a membership level and subscribe right on the screen. And you'll see a picture on there. I actually took this picture when I was at the stadium a few years ago Um I love this picture. Ryan Howard looking over, seeing what's going on. A couple of the other players, and Ryan Sandberg was the manager. So uh, goes back a little bit for me with that picture. But you can join our sponsorship there from a, anywhere from a dollar to two dollars. You want to be a big spender? Go to five. You know you can do that as well, and uh, we'll use that towards you know. Um, improving the show, getting new equipment, things like that. And uh, we invite you to do that. So uh, Matt, how about the folks, where can they find you around the internet these days? And I lost your voice. Uh, I don't know if it's me. You got or... some... Nope. I got you. We're back. There you go. Yeah. Uh, before giving you my contact info, let's get back to the Phillies. We got some good Phillies news here. They've they've really blown it open. Uh, they've really made a big inning out of this crooked number. They put up a seven spot here in the bottom of the fourth. We got a, a run scored on an error. Actually, Matchway struck out, uh, but it was a wild pitch by the Nationals. Uh, Kyle Finnegan allowed a run to score. That made a 5-3. And then Oduble came. Came through again, uh, two run single made it seven to three. So, uh, Bryce Harper has, um, apologize. JT has walked. So the Phillies right now have two on two out Bryce Harper up seven runs across and they lead the Nationals seven to three in the bottom of the fourth inning. So as we were talking today, as we've been running this podcast, we had an explosion here by the Phillies. Yeah. Awesome. Maybe they can put that two game win streak together, win this series, 
start it off from here. And for, uh, as you were asking, for people who want to follow uh, what I have to say about the Phillies, the best place always is to go to Twitter and to follow me on at Phillies Bell. So you follow at Phillies Bell, just like the bell that rings out there when somebody hits a home run or the team wins a game at Citizens Bank Park. At Phillies Bell, every day I put up Phillies history information, uh, transactions, links to some of the best articles on the team out there. It's, uh, I mean, sometimes I'm, I'll live tweet a few times during the games. So it's a, kind of your one-stop, you know, Phillies shop for any Phillies fan. And if you want to read my uh, uh, lengthier writing, just go to my website. It's mattbeasy.com. That's M-A-T-T-V-E-A-S-E-Y.com. Very awesome. And of course, uh, Phillies Talk Podcast, one of the longest running, I think it's the longest running independent baseball talk show that talks about the Phillies. Um, and you can find me over at fightingphillies.com. Some commentary, the home for Phillies Talk Podcast as well. And uh, a pivotal month coming up for the Phillies. And we're just into the first week. Phillies have a few games out on the West Coast, and I think we'll join you again then and uh, talk about their progress, see where they're at. And Matt, I hope you have a great day and um, kind of stay cool today because we got our first heat wave going on. Your volume, I, I can't hear you. you. With me? Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Can you hear me now? Good. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it is a hot one, Rich. And like I said, I was saying, uh. Glad I'm not down at the ballpark today. They got to be roasting down there. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this edition of the podcast and we'll talk to you again real soon. Go Phils. <laughs>